What's up, y'all? I'm back with another special episode of Dad Needs to Talk. And today, I'm talking about some Villain Saga manga, book five. Let's get into it. podcast um like i mentioned earlier or in the intro this will be a special podcast dedicated to villain villain saga manga book five which these books that i have are basically double volume collections so this book covers volume nine and volume ten and does chapters i believe it's 57 to 71 Let me see. Yeah, chapter 57 to 71. Um, Pretty much this is the start of the arc that takes place after the prologue, which was what, what was covered in season one. So I guess just a little context and backstory as far as like my history with the series. So. Season one of the anime that aired, I think almost two years ago now, um, that was my first introductory to the series. I think I remember hearing about Vinland Saga a little bit here and there, but, you know, never really looked into it or anything, but immediately fell in love with the anime in season one. That first intro, just, you know, still in my head, and so... Yeah, so once season one was over, I you know, was contemplating for a while, like, okay, it might be a little bit, even if it's just a couple of years, that's still a while before we get more of this series, and I want to learn more. So, recently, over the last couple of weeks, um, and if, if, if you've listened to any of my previous episodes, you know that I recently went on a manga buying spree, and I have bought uh, Saga books five six and seven um and then also book 11 just because i happen to come across it but um but yeah but pretty much all the books i bought so far is going to carry me up to chapter 100 so i figured this would be a nice little way to me kind of to like catalog my experience with the manga as i make my journey through these books so yeah that's why i'm here to just kind of discuss my thoughts and feelings on this as I go so yeah let's let's jump into it um like I said once again manga spoilers past the anime um I will actually be starting with stuff from chapter 55 so the way these books and volumes are broken up the first two chapters of this new arc which is called some people call it the 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 farming arc but it's also known as like the slave arc and we'll get into all that in a minute but um but the first two chapters of that are at the end of the previous volume where the season one of the anime ends so kind of sucks for me because when i found that out i was like crap i was like well i'm not gonna buy you know a whole other books just to you know read those two chapters so i just read them online unfortunately 
um, and then you know, moving into the book properly. So, yeah, like I said, just wanted just to give a little bit of context and background on that before I dive in. So, yeah, let's get right into it. Okay, so pretty much jumping right into it. So, I guess kind of just, just speaking in kind of broader overall terms, you know, before I start kind of going through everything, you know, piece by piece. Um, I had a feeling, you know, that I would mm-hmm. like this arc, you know, jumping into the manga. Cause like I said earlier, I loved season one of the anime. So I was like, Hey, just you no know, naturally thinking like, of course, Hey, more villain saga. I liked what came before. Surely I'll like this even more or continue to like it. And that is very true. Um, there were definitely certain parts of what I read in this book so far that like surprisingly like you know hit really hard and surprised me you know by by how I felt when I was reading them you know I think just kind of like some of the moments of you know as Thorfinn is kind of going through his struggles and you know trying to piece together his life and reflecting on everything that happened in the prologue yeah, it was just certain lines and certain moments that just like really hit me in a crazy way. And so, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely, you know, fully invested in going forward with these books and stuff and making my way through them. And like I said, and pretty much documenting slash uh, journaling them and I guess in podcast form uh, my journey through it. So. Yeah, so <laughs> it was kind of funny, you know, when I was reading this first chapter. So, you know, it seems like overall some time obviously has passed since where the prologue ends with, you know, Asklad being killed and then Thorfinn being dragged away. Um, you know, then we jump to starting off with all these new characters on the ship and we kind of get introduced to one of our new protagonists, um, Einar, on the ship and stuff. And so, like, right out the gate, <laughs> this series, I quickly remind you, like, yo, this is Villain Saga. And there's some savagery going to be happening because just like, like I said, like within the first few pages, you know, that where they have this woman that's on the ship that's, you know, sick and, you know, maybe she's coming out with a fever. And so, Einar's like, well, we'll need medicine, and da 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 And the other dude just, whoop, toss her overboard. And it's just like, well, we don't have time to, you know, basically, and resources to waste on, you know, trying to nurse somebody back to health. So, yeah, just, just very brutal. And like I said, just like immediately push you back into the world and sets the tone very clearly of like, hey, we are in this so um so yeah so like i say it's been a couple of years have passed and so we are following einar as basically that ship he was on it's basically a slave ship so at some point in whatever journey he was on he got picked up and now they're you know in this new town getting sold off to different people and so, 
along the way during this, you know, we have you know we have you no know, various like noble people or just hierarchy higher up people, you know, coming by trying to, you know, buy some slaves and just different people and stuff. But it was like really cool, kind of like out the gate, we kind of get a chance to see, um, Leif and see that hey, even though more years have passed. He is still continuing his journey to look for Thorfinn. And so it was, you know, like it's a very heartwarming and heartbreaking just saying that like, hey, you know, because remember at the end of, you know, where season one was where he showed up and it's like, you know, we know that like, hey, the prologue took course over the course of like 10, 11 years. And it was just like seeing that like, hey, Leif never gave up and he continued to, to search and try to find Thorfinn. And saying that, like, hey, in this first chapter of this of this new arc, that same thing, he's continuing to try to find him, um, and then that's kind of what starts the connection with Einar and stuff, because you know later on, Einar gets sold off to this farm where Thorfinn is actually being, you know, is working on as a slave, and so. Let's see. Yeah, so so the owner of the new farm is a, a cattle, Ketel cattle, um, and so I, I I I like that character because you know he's fairly well rounded from, from what we see from him so far because you know almost immediately when he buys Einar and brings him to his his farm his land. He pretty much is like, hey, here's the deal. You're going to work with Thorfinn. And this whole area, is, it was tons of forestry and stuff. You're going to work in this area. You're going to clear the land. You're going to plant crops and grow wheat and stuff. And then over time, that's basically how you're going to earn and be able to buy back your freedom. Basically, is by working off the debt of how much you cost and so it was it was like almost immediately it was like okay this is different you know from from most slave type situations that we happen to see in stories and reality you know it was like hey you know here is this section of my property it is up to y'all basically like hey how long is it going to take y'all you know a few years several years whatever just live work off the land and you'll eventually, you know, earn your freedom. So yeah, so that that immediately just kind of, you know, like I said, like drew me to his character and stuff. And then, like I mentioned, this was us getting reintroduced to Thorfinn. And, you know, you can really just see like how much of that youthfulness that used to be in his eyes when he was younger, that eventually just turned into just constant rage and frustration. And now he just has, his eyes are just filled with nothing. It's just like a blank stare. He just gets up, works his butt off, obeys orders, and that's pretty much it. You know, he, he doesn't really have any purpose. He is still, you know, we, we do get several moments of him, you know, having nightmares and still struggling with everything that happened to him. You know, leading leading up to uh, 
Asclad's death at the end of the prologue. And so, yeah, um, you know, we kind of get introduced to several characters, you know, get introduced to the youngest son of Kettle. I don't have his name readily available at the moment, but basically we kind of get introduced to him and, and learning a bit about like their family dynamic of how the oldest son, which we meet later on in the in this book, the oldest son of the family, you know, usually goes off to war while the second son is the heir to the to the property and all that stuff. So yeah. Uh, another character that I really liked in all of this was a guy named Snake. Still haven't learned like what his relationship is with everybody. Um, he seems like he's partly a mercenary, but later on in the book we run into basically a guy that they call the old master, which is uh, Kettle's father. So, you know, he is still, even though he's super old guy, you know, he's still out there every day working hard and stuff. And eventually, you know, he meets Thorfinn and Einar and, you know, get them to help him with his chores around his house and stuff like that and then you know in the process this snake dude is seems like he's kind of living there and he calls him Gramps but like I said I'm still not fully sure like what their relationship is at the moment like is he actually his a grandchild of his because he doesn't seem like he's not a, he's not a son of cattle but you know like I said it seems like there's a lot more going on with that, which I'm pretty sure you know, we will get more into, you know, and as I make my way through these chapters and stuff, but, um, but yeah, like I said, just kind of, like, so I'm just kind of going through some of this stuff, uh, you know, kind of going back to when Einar and Thorfinn, you know, first meet, and like I said, we kind of get, get the first glimpses of Thorfinn having nightmares and stuff and that that was some very powerful stuff a little bit later on where we kind of finally get to see what his nightmares were about and basically it was him because because the, the the couple glimpses we got of the nightmare was of him basically like he was like crawling out of something and we later found out that it was like oh okay he is kind of like overlooking this battlefield and then we kind of you know get some dialogue from from Asklad and you know Thorfinn is like is like is this this Valhalla so on and so forth and Asklad is like no <laughs> He's like, nah, homie, this ain't no Valhalla. This is basically reality. All these people you see down there just fighting and trying to claw at you or whatever. These are all people that you have killed. And, you know, we see Thorfinn end up having a, a breakdown moment where, you know, he's just like, I can't remember when or where I killed you. I'm sure you didn't want to die. And then he just has a moment where he just breaks down crying, you know, saying, I'm sorry. And then, you know, we kind of have this moment where Aslan kind of talks to him. And he's like, 
you know, and, and of course, say, like I said, this is all the dream state he's in, but Asclass says to him, you know, no time for moping around. You don't want to fall back down here, do you? Then let them hang off you and climb. Climb. That is your battle. And we get this awesome shot of Thorfinn finally showing some life and determination in his face, you know, as he begins to climb out of this crevice and Asklad yells to him, go and take those you killed with you, fight your true battle, become a true warrior, Thorfinn. And like I said, just, just more just beautiful, awesome panels of, you know, just kind of Thorfinn just screaming as he's clawing his way out of this pit. You know, and then, of course, you know, he wakes up and stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, like I said, just, just tons of great stuff. Like I said, apologies for me kind of skipping around on this, you know, because like some of my thoughts are a little, little bit scattered. But, um, like I said, kind of, kind of touching back on some of the characters I was talking about earlier, like the uh, uh, Kettle's son. So early on, we kind of have a moment where his son is kind of getting teased by some of these mercenaries that are like living on their family land and supposedly are being bodyguards and stuff, protecting the crops and blah, blah, blah. And so basically, you know, there's you no know, saying he's not a man and all this stuff and saying that like, well, the best or the, the, the best way or quickest way to grow into being a man is to kill somebody. And so they make this arrangement where they call Einar and Thorfinn over to this camp area and they basically try to set it up to give this kid a free kill. And so, you know, Einar is talking back and and all this stuff and then Thorfinn basically kind of volunteers himself as like, hey, if he wants to kill somebody, he can kill me, you know, I don't have anything else to live for, so on and so forth. And one of the mercenary dudes is just, you know, wildly slashing all around Thorfinn. I think he ends up like, you know, kind of, you know, slashing his arm a little bit, his chest, uh, maybe even like a, his side of his face or something. But, you know, Thorfinn just stands there unfazed by it all. And, you know, this is kind of like where we, where we truly get the first introduction of this snake guy. And so, you know, apparently he is the actual leader of all these mercenaries that are up here causing trouble and stuff for, for everybody. And so... We have a moment where Snake kind of shows up, or he's watching, he's, you know, notices that Thorfinn isn't flinching or anything when, when the guys are just slashing at him, you know, because he's just kind of nonchalantly just like, kind of, you know, barely avoiding all the cuts and stuff. And, you know, the mercenary is kind of like trying to play around with them is... Basically, just trying to prove to the to the to the young master that like, hey, everybody, even this guy, is afraid of death. And you know, Thorfinn asks, "Why do we have to be afraid of death?" 
And he says, you know, in all the days I've lived, not one good thing has happened. And so that's when, you know, right when the guy is about to uh, possibly, you know, like, like land a big uh, slash on Thorfinn, the snake dude shows up, you know, punches the guy in the face, <laughs> you know, which is kind of funny, you know, because, like, hey, y'all are just doing dumb stuff. And then he steps up to Thorfinn and he does a serious attack and basically Thorfinn's just his just natural instincts kick in and we get these awesome shots of you know them kind of trading blows a little bit Thorfinn blocking his sword doing these cool backflips and somersaults just off of reflexes and then the guy kind of just snake just laughs and he's like see Thorfinn your body says it wants to live and so yeah, like I said, that, that was kind of a cool thing. Like I said, just showing more of these characters and more depth to them and and all that stuff. And and also, you know, within this book, it's, you know, seeing how Einar and Thorfinn's relationship begin to slowly build and grow and stuff. And then, you know, we kind of have this moment where you know eventually you know they talk over a bit more and then basically you know Einar more or less says that that he's Thorfinn's friend and then you know kind of have that realization that like huh Thorfinn never got a chance you know he never got a chance to be a kid and he never got a chance to have friends and stuff because he was like six when all this stuff first took place, you know, when Asklad killed his dad and then he began this journey, you know, following Asklad on all these voyages and wars and battles and stuff for 11 years. So, you know, now here, now here he is in his either late teens or maybe he's 20 by now. I don't know. Um, well, he, he's for sure got to be 20 now because over the course of this book, more years pass, you know, because we do eventually get to a point where, okay, they've cleared out enough, you know, of the forestry, forestry and stuff to begin to plant crops and stuff. And, you know, and then kind of, kind of what leads to, you know, like I said, that, that moment I was talking about earlier where, um, where Thorfinn, you know, is having that dream state is, there's a moment where, you know, the, uh, some of the other kind of like farmhands and stuff that, that are already considered free, but they just work there, you know, throughout this whole thing, you know, they've been jealous and kind of using INR and Thorfinn as like their packing mules and, you know, degrading them and stuff. And so they saw that, Hey, these guys are actually growing a crop and going to be successful. So they end up in the middle of the night, you know, going out and messing up their farmland. And that's what leads to, you know, the confrontation between Thorfinn and I, Thorfinn and Einar versus these guys. And, you know, that's kind of like, so the moment it kind of starts to reawaken Thorfinn from his aloof state. So, yeah, so that, that was some cool stuff with Thorfinn and Einar, uh, Switching back over to the King Kettle. So, 
more moments that kind of, you know, like to kind of like showcase his characterization and stuff. So, you know, there had been like a string of like somebody sneaking up to the farm here and there, stealing stuff and burglarizing. And then they eventually find out that it was a couple of kids. It was a, a little boy and his younger sister that had been doing it. And the reason why they were doing it, as most of these cases go, is that, hey, they're poor kids. Their father left to supposedly go sell some merchandise or something like a year ago and hadn't returned. And now it's them two, plus their mother is sickly with a newborn baby. So, hey natural instincts they try to do what you can to survive so they've been kind of stealing sacks of flowers small stuff here and there but eventually they finally got caught by snake and his crew and so this is kind of where we start to get even more characterization for cattle and how he truly is because there was a moment earlier where you know when the oldest son returns home and they're sitting down having dinner and then he's talking to the younger brother about like, oh, did you not know about the the history of our father? And that he, he was this, this great warrior back in the day. They called him Iron Fist Kettle. And, you know, even without his weapons, he was, you know, savage and all that stuff. And I kind of loved for chapter 67, there was this cool cover. It's basically Kettle just sitting there looking honestly kind of cowardly but the title of the chapter was iron fist kettle so or cattle however you pronounce it forgive me if i'm pronouncing it wrong um and then yeah then when he's kind of presented with the situation of hey we found out who's been stealing is these kids you know then you know the mercenaries and stuff, they're wanting to have all these crazy, you know, punishments brought down on these kids. And he's just like, in his mind, he's like, no, like they're kids. And the reason why they're doing it is because they're poor. Their mother is sickly. There's a newborn baby. And so, you know, the usual punishment, I think, is like getting your one of your arms cut off or something. And luckily, his kind of like right hand man that also they're kind of helping Thorfinn them out, you know, basically, you know, suggested like, hey, why don't we just move them or take them under our wing, so to speak, and just have the kids and the mother just work under us to repay their debt. That way, hey, they're able to live, get food and survive. And that takes care of the stealing problem. Well, of course, a lot of the guys weren't happy with that. And so they're like, well, we still got to you know, make some type of example out of it. And so they were like, well, fine, we'll settle with, you know, beating them with the stick. And the punishment was decided to be, you know, 10 hits. Well, obviously the big brother is like, well, I don't want you to hit my sister, so I'll take all 20. And so Katil's oldest son is like, okay, well, I'll do it. And he does this savage swing that just like knocks the little boy across the ground. And then the dad is, or, uh, the dad could tell it's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll take care of it, you know. And then we kind of, you know, later on see him kind of sulking and confiding in uh, one of the other slaves. Uh, shoot, what was her name? 
Give me just a second. Uh, Ironhead. Ironhead. However you pronounce her name. Um, I'm kind of confiding in her. And so, yeah. Like I said, just kind of just interesting getting to see, you know, that, hey, okay, there's more to this guy as well. Now, I'm kind of switch over a little bit because um, I can't believe I almost forgot. You know, like, hey, there's more going on here than just, you know, what's happening on Thorfinn's side. So we get a couple chapters where we jump over and see what is going on with Canute and his journey on the other side. So, yeah, it's wild now seeing, like I said, like, like a couple of years have passed and... Canoe is no longer that little, you know, weak, seemingly weak little boy prince from before. Like, he's become pretty hardened and pretty savage since all that stuff happened. You know, it's like, it's like when you first look at him, like, you honestly wouldn't even recognize that this is the same guy. Um, and so, yeah, so we kind of get a time lapse over a couple, maybe a few chapters of seeing, you know, what all he's up to. And so basically, you know, he's kind of at war with one of his older, his older brother, I believe, where they're both basically trying to, you know, lay claim to their, the kingdom and so on and so forth. And so, you know, obviously you don't get to see, you know, Thorkel and uh, Floki and all them, but you know, the basically the kind of main point, you know, like I said, like where all this is going on is, you know, just showing off how Canute has grown. And so we get these moments of Canute basically just like more or less telling some of these people like, hey, it's my way or the highway. And he does kind of demonstrates this for one of the uh, kings in one of the areas. I think the king of Mercia that he's talking to, I believe. And so he does this gym demonstration to basically show him that like, hey, at a moment's notice, we can basically burn your whole area to, to, you know, to cinders if I so wanted to. So either basically you help me. And so, yeah, he's basically like, hey, either you've helped me take down my brother or, you know, <laughs> you're gonna, you gonna go up in smithereens with them so yeah so we kind of you know like to get more of these time lapses of seeing and hearing about you know canute's exploits and stuff and how more or less it seems like a lot of the people he took out via poisoning oh uh, let me see let's go to where was the rest of this where let's see yeah, so yeah, starts naming off people like Sven, Aethelred, Edmund. After the untimely deaths of his rivals, Canute would officially become King of England in 1018. And then the guy that had took his side also ended up dying, or you know, Canute ended up having him put to death, you know, a few months prior to him becoming king. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be very interested to see 
where things progressed with Canute, you know, cause like I said, we kind of, you know, got to see a time lapse of across a few years with him in just a few chapters. And then, you know, we kind of bounced back to back in the timeline a bit with, you know, Thorfinn and, and Einar and all that stuff. So, so yeah, so overall, I am really, really, really enjoying all this stuff. Um, you know, like I said, like seeing Thorfinn really kind of come back to his own. And then, let me see, there's something else about the dream thing. Because when he was having part of his dream, you know, he was seeing his father, Thor's. And, you know, this was, okay, yeah, it was basically his father, you know, questioning him of like, you know, who are uh, who did you kill with those swords and basically said like I told you to only ever use them to protect yourself and then we get all these you know shots of you know it was like okay Thorfinn in the present day then it's like him back a few years ago when he was you know younger just covered in blood his sword stained in blood and you know he's yelling out to his father for help as we see like all these images of basically like all these corpses of people that he's died like this is all, of course a dream like I said you know all these corpses like from people that he's killed over the years slowly pulling him you know underground and stuff and so you know we get this kind of shot back to when he was when Thorfinn was a kid and his dad told him you have no enemies no one has any enemies there is no one here that you must hurt there wasn't, you know, and so, like I said, it's kind of like I said, what kind of led us to that dream where he went to uh, Asclad and all that stuff. So, uh, let me see. There was one final part where they were with the old master. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it was in this last chapter. Let me find it real quick. Okay, I found it. Um, like I said, apologies again for kind of me kind of bouncing around, but you know, just kind of me gathering my thoughts. But I feel like this is probably the best place for me to kind of wrap this up. At is the part I was talking about earlier. Kind of like really hit me, and so this was back when Thorfinn and Einar was, you know, working together on the old master's house, and this is kind of when Thorfinn first started trying, or first really started opening up a bit to Einar and telling him basically about his history and they're like yeah there was this guy that killed his father and he you know Thorfinn became a soldier followed him for all these years and that you know he didn't get a chance to get his revenge because the guy ended up getting killed in front of him and so you know Thorfinn has these moments where you know, he eventually says, I don't hate him anymore. That's what makes this so hard to deal with, you know, as far as like him feeling empty. He's like, now that my hatred is gone, I'm empty. I'm totally empty. The only thing I know, the only thing I'm good at is battle. I have no desires. And then, you know, the old man kind of comes in, he overhears them and gets them to kind of go out to help him, you know, with his fishing. 
and it's really neat how you know he kind of used this moment to kind of you know use some metaphors and stuff to like really get to Thorfinn and you know he's kind of you know showing them how to fish or the proper technique and stuff for what they're trying to do and then the old master tells Thorfinn just keep learning as you do it one thing after another being empty means anything can fit inside you if you want to be reborn empty is the best way to be and then you know, Thorfinn asks him, oh, okay, you was listening, you heard us talking. The guy's like, yeah, I overheard y'all. And then Thorfinn asks, do you think I can be reborn? And then, you know, that's kind of where, you know, that conversation ends. But, you know, like I said, that, that was kind of a, a very, very powerful moment of, you know, Thorfinn starting to kind of like get a little bit more hope and life in his eyes. And then we kind of get this awesome panel of current Thorfinn and then him a few years back, kind of like behind him. And he's saying, you know, and they're saying, uh, you know, people can change. And oh, this is Einar saying it's a Thorfinn. People can change. And I think you're already in the process of changing for the better. And, you know, Thorfinn actually you know, says thank you. And then that's what leads to the you know, them finding out that their that their uh, fields have been kind of overtaken and destroyed and all that stuff. So, but um, yeah, uh, this was a very nice start to get into the manga. And honestly, I was very tempted to just like immediately just jump into the next one, but I was like, no, I'm gonna try to pace myself. And I wanted, like so I said, I definitely wanted to record this to you know have this um you know like i said just just something you know just to document this journey you know don't know who all if anybody might listen to this but you know like i said in my very first episode of the podcast a lot of the stuff i am doing this podcast and stuff for myself so yeah um i'm very eager to get into the next one so yeah uh, like I said, that was, you know, me basically covering chapters 55 to 71 of Finland Saga Manga. So I'm going to take one last break and then we're going to wrap this up. All right. So that's when I'm just going to wrap it up for this very special villain saga <laughs> manga episode um, like I said this is something I hope to continue to do going forward as I make my way through the other villain saga manga volumes um, as well as any other um, series and stuff that I've you know purchased recently like you know of course I will be doing this also with Whenever I get to uh, 20th Century Boys, as well as uh, Muji Rushi, and whatever else I might come across in the future, because um, because I feel like this would be good to just do smaller, dedicated, focused episodes to stuff like this, and then you know, of course, have my usual longer, bigger episodes where I talk about you know gaming news and what games I'm playing, what adventures I'm going on with my family 
what you know what's going on in One Piece, Doctor Stone, My Hero Academia, Jujutsu Kaisen, Marshall, so on and so forth. So yeah, like I said, I think I'm kind of a you know keep these their own thing separate and yeah just, we'll just kind of see how things go from there but if you tune in to listen to this thank you so much for your time um major shout out major love to everybody out there um, i'm recording this late on a saturday night um yeah hopefully next episode or my on my next regular episode i'll have some fun news to share um don't want to speak about potential stuff yet just until stuff's a little bit more concrete but you know might might be some fun other podcasting stuff going on so yeah Um, once again thank you for listening to this episode like i said this was villain saga manga chapters 55 to 71 the start of the farmland slash slave saga slave arc so yeah um y'all have a nice day 